Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Marnie's Friends, the online training show where experts share insights into aspects of life and leadership that take you from surviving to thriving ASAP. Right now, you are about to discover practical, doable success strategies to shorten your learning curve, increase your productivity, and skyrocket your delight in life. Be sure to thank today's guest by sharing this program via your favorite social media outlet and swing by Marnie.com and give me a shout out too. Now let's get going with today's episode of Marnie's Friends. Welcome, welcome. This is Marnie Swedberg. Excited to have you back with us for another edition of Marnie's Friends. Today we're going to be talking about leadership, leading with confidence, and with some special tips for young leaders. Our guest today is Laura Solman. And during the next hour, you are going to discover the number one key to leadership success at any age, how to set a vision your team can support, the best way to garner support, three tips to help you avoid manipulating others, seven tips to help you avoid being manipulated by other people, how to introduce change without alienating your team, how to lead your team while submitting to those over you, the secret to communicating with any woman, five strategies for communicating with a large group of all ages, and also some tools for your success. Our guest today, Laura Solmans, is one of our speakers over at womenspeakers.com. She's a women's ministry leader and speaker for Christian Women's Events, and she and her husband have been married for 25 years and have three beautiful daughters. Welcome to you, Laura. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be with you guys today. Well, and I'm excited to have you, and I love talking about leadership from a biblical and godly perspective because um, there's all kinds of great leadership material out there, um, and some of it just ignores the fact that there is a God. And I love it mm. that you're here to share with us how to how to do this in a way that pleases and honors God and actually mm. lets him lead through us. Um, as his as his vessels of leadership, and Definitely. you have actually a number one key that you wanted to share with us about what's going to help leadership be a success at any age. What is that? It's servant leadership. Um, I have found that sometimes when we're called to leave, sometimes we want to skip over that. We want to skip over the serving. Now we think, okay, we've been called to lead which means we don't serve anymore. And that's, I think, a big mistake that a lot of maybe young leaders coming up behind me make. And I know here where I serve in my local church, even with my women's ministry team, um, we went through the book Jesus on Leadership, actually, as a team. And uh, we just found such great practical insights there that Jesus came to serve. And we all want to be like him. So I've asked my ladies, we're here to serve the women of this church. Um, and leadership then naturally falls into place after that. Um, I, try to, I try to set the example for them. Even in small group events, serve them before we serve ourselves. Um, I, serve my, I try to serve the team humbly, not really making a a notice of it, but just to take on that role, like, let me serve you, and then hopefully have that be so catching that they're like, oh, yes, let us serve you. We're here to serve you. We're not here to um, 
gain for ourselves that, you know, and I think that for our women here at our own home church, they have really sensed that in our um, women's ministry team with our monthly events, that these women, they love them so much. They just want to serve them. And um, I, I've been really excited to see some of those qualities just be so evident with the women on the team. And it's about serving. It's, it, and the leading comes after that. It, it's just that heartful of servant leadership. Mm, yeah, really nice. I remember when I was, before I started the radio talk show in 2009, I was doing teleseminars. Mm-hmm. And when I took training to lead those, one of the things that my trainer said is, what you model is what you get. And so imagine a bunch yeah. of people on a telephone call, and if I start out being real long-winded, then everybody's going to be long-winded. If I start out complaining, everybody's going to complain. It's amazing how that carries through to leadership. What you model is what you get. And That's Jesus true. came so to true. model for us, came to model for us being a servant of God. He did it by being a servant. And so it just makes perfect sense that as we lead, that's where we want to begin. And I like to think about, you know, Jesus when he was here too. He did, he both served and was served. So at Mary and Martha, yeah. he's sitting in the living room with the guys and with, uh, you know, Mary and Martha's doing mm. the cooking and he's going to get served. Other days he's got the, the loaves and the fishes and he's doing the breaking of the bread and he's doing the breaking of the fish and he's he's doing the cooking and everybody else is doing the eating, you know. So, I mean, it's kind of like in... In his ministry, it wasn't that he was always serving and never served, but there was a there was a huge balance there where he was in the position of serving, mm. and uh, it's it's so important that we start there. And I think the younger, I think the younger you are, kind of the least the less obvious that is. As you get older, you've mm-hmm. maybe watched some really awesome leaders and you kind of pick that up. But as a young person, I remember in my first roles of leadership, I was pretty, I mean, I can still be bossy, don't get me wrong, but um, I was yes. pretty bossy <laughs> as a young leader. <laughs> yes. I mean, even to model it for my, you know, when I think of ministry too, I think of ministry even in my own home and what I'm, what I have tried to model for my daughters um, as future wives, as future mothers, um, that idea of serving and sometimes serving, there's not a lot of recognition sometimes with serving. It, 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 it can be very um, exhausting sometimes to be the serving, yeah. um, but remembering why we're doing the serving in the first place. Uh, we go to the beach every year and um, we'll stay the week at mom every morning is making the lunches and packing the lunches to take down to the beach and pack up the cooler so that we go down for the beach all day. Well, it was interesting that my daughter was down at the beach with some friends already this year, and they had taken a lot of food. And don't I get a text from her saying, Mom, I'm making everybody's lunches. I feel like you. And she said, thank you so much, Mom, for serving us Mm -hmm. all these Mm -hmm. years. Um, It's it's the little things like that. it, It wasn't for... It was what I felt like I was asked to do, you know, and do even making the sandwiches, do it to honor the Lord in our servanthood. It's it's not just even the act of serving. It is the heart behind which we serve. So, I, and I love, you Absolutely. know, I love that. So, yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. You also have some ideas for us on how to set visions that your team can support. 
Mm. Well, um, when I took over women's ministry um, about, it was six years ago, actually, we were just called women's ministry. We didn't have a, a, a title or, you know, and I think we went along that path for about two years. Women's ministry is hosting this. Women's ministry is hosting that. And I was able to go to Lifeway to a training for a couple of days for women's ministry leaders. And um, the challenge was to have uh, women's ministry have some kind of title, something that somebody they can grab a hold of. Um, and so we went away as a team after I came back from that retreat. And the goal was to come up with something, a title for women's ministry, something that could really, you know, be grabbed a hold of. And we actually were able to come up with the well based on John chapter 4. And I was so um, excited about this because I love that whole passage in Scripture about the woman coming to the well to receive the living water and having her life be changed. And then what she did afterwards, she poured out onto everybody else mm-hmm. and people came to know Christ. And so we, that weekend, we mulled that over and um, we came up with that. Uh, so for a vision, we, we based it on scripture right off the bat because that was something that was really important to our team Um that it wasn't just some uh, fly-by-night title, but it was something meaty that came from the Word of God. And so then from that, um, we developed three different subtitles uh, from the well. You can come to the well to be well-fed, which was our Bible studies, um, ways for people to be fed by the Word of God, to be well-encouraged. Those are our special events where... You know, connections can be made. And then we had well-loved where we were actually then taking what we have been poured into and then pouring it out onto other people. And it was it was so exciting to see these women mm-hmm. grab a hold of this, not only from the team, um, but then that vision to come back to my, our home church and um, to have that vision then be so well embraced um, and to hear that from uh, the women of our church was so exciting. I can't, that was one of the most exciting things I think that's happened really in women's ministry at the church is when we, when we developed that, that title, the well, we knew where it was coming from, from John chapter four, everybody was really passionate about it. Um, came together as a team. We worked through it. We mauled through it. It wasn't, again, that was not something that I was just saying, I'm the leader. This is what we're going to do. Um, uh, they loved the whole concept of then pouring out um, to the women of our church. So it was just, that was just a very, very exciting thing. So I think the the great, the great thing to set a vision is always to set it possibly based, if you can, from the word of God, something that has impacted your own life um, because that's where the passion then comes from to set a vision and go from there. Yeah, that's so good. And I love how you started with the overarching vision, the well, uh, life changed mm-hmm. and poured out, and then how you went to the three sub points on it, where, which makes it really um, 
shareable. And I think, you know, we talk on this show a lot about being shareable, being marketable, being mm-hmm. being something that people can understand and get a hold of and, and own for themselves. And that's so cool. And you actually, uh, this is actually part of to the how to get people to support your ministry. As whatever you're leading, your vision, mm-hmm. how, how do mm-hmm. you garner support for that? Well, I think the one word there for me is passion. Um, people can't get behind somebody that's not passionate about what they believe in. And I I came home from that, and I'm telling you what, I was literally beside myself so I can got, got into my pastor's offices. And I said, listen, we need to have a meeting. I'm about ready to bust here. Um, I was so passionate. I brought the passion from the team, and I said, here is what we came up with. Here are the scripture verses that we have to go with each subtitle. I said, we are so excited. Here is our logo that we want to use on every um, publication. Um, we we just we just didn't let any stone be unturned for that. We were passionate, and that passion. Um, then when I brought that to my pastors, they were so excited about it. Um, they loved the concept. And then we were able to bring that to the women. We had a big breakfast, kind of like an unveiling of the well. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I was not the only one that was passionate about it. The team itself was passionate about it. Um, and then when we were able to share which each subtitle um, was about, we were able to open it up saying, if you feel led, or passionate about being involved in any one of these, being a leader in the well-fed category of, of leading a Bible study or being a leader to host a special event, any of those things. It was amazing the responses that we've had. I'm, I'm very just so excited. I'm so proud of what the well is doing here in our home church. And I think that's because of the passion. You can't follow people that are not, that are just humdrum, that it's just a job. Um, it's more than that for the women and the women on our team. It's really exciting, actually. That's so cool. And there's just so much there. I think the the main thing that I'm picking up from this is uh, the focus is very clear. Uh, you had a way to actually to say this is what we're doing, this is how we're doing it, you know, um, being fed uh, or feeding people, encouraging people, loving people. Uh, this is where you can plug in. This is when we're launching it. This is your part now. And I love how I love how that all came together in order for you guys to have a cohesive, forward-moving uh, team. We're going to take a short break, Talk about come back and talk about three tips to help you avoid manipulating others and seven tips to help you avoid being manipulated. Don't go away. We'll be right back. across America rely on womensevents.info to find the major Christian women's events coming to their area. Womensevents.info is the only online directory of its kind featuring all the upcoming major Christian women's events. You are invited to search for events coming near you or to add your own major Christian women's events. Everything's easy and accessible over at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Welcome back. This is 
Marty. We're visiting today with Laura Stillmans of womenspeakers.com. We're talking about leading with confidence. And one mm-hmm. of the things that leaders can struggle with is um, either being a little overly uh, intrusive or else mm-hmm. letting people run over them. And, Laura, you know, you've got some tips here. Let's start with the three tips to help us avoid being manipulated by others. You know, it's kind of interesting. Um, just right now we're doing a store closing sale. So we've had this retail store for 11 years, and we're going through the process mm-hmm. of liquidating the whole thing, selling everything out. And it's amazing how many people want to come in and tell me how to do the sale. Um, you know, you mm. should be at 75% off now. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. And, you know, as a leader, you really do have to, uh, you really do have to set some boundaries and stick with them. Jesus surely did. And uh, it, sometimes that can be an uncomfortable position because we want to uh, please everybody. We want to do it right. Mm-hmm. We want to mm-hmm. feel very good and look very wonderful. <laughs> so yeah, the three tips yes. to help us avoid manipulating other people. Well, um, manipulation. Gosh, where there's women, there's conflict. Uh, I wish that wasn't true, but when we get together, sometimes there tends to be conflict. Um, for me personally, for me to help myself um, to to avoid being manipulated, I have to be one. I have to be very honest. There, no matter what women's ministry team is out there, there's probably one, maybe two, that you can run into conflict with that's never really spoken of. <laughs> um, it's just an underlining thing, and so. For me personally, again, Marnie, I, I, I have to go to the scriptures first, and I have to say, you know what, Lord, today I am going to clothe myself um, with your attributes. I'm going to clothe myself with tenderheartedness um, and mercy and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. And then in Colossians 3, it's that next word, that next statement that says making allowance for each other's faults. Um, I am not a perfect leader, um, and I try to really humbly share that with my team. I am not a I am not a perfect leader. Um, you need to make allowances for my faults, and I need to make allowances for your faults. So, if. Uh, I mean, those the, just in that verse alone, those could be my tips for not being manipulated. Um, it's just to take on um, those attributes that of Christ, to put those literally on my body each and every day. I have them posted on my mirror. That's how seriously I take it because um, I feel like that's way of God's way of protecting me. If I am trying to be a woman that's literally walking and clothing myself in the attributes of Christ, um, I think that's one surefire way of protecting me from being manipulated. Two, I think the second one um, is honesty. Honesty, it, it can be hard, can it not? <laughs> um it's hard to be honest with certain people because you, you don't want to hurt them. Um, you don't want them to hurt you there. We want to go, we guard our hearts. Um, and so sometimes then we don't maybe share what 
people really do need to hear. Um, and uh, that can be a way of um, manipulating other people. Like I might say things in a roundabout way, and, I'm, and I should really, you just have to be honest. And we can be honest and be tenderhearted at the same time. Um, and just to kind of keep those open open doors of communication happening all the time within my team, um, we have found that sometimes emails don't work on my team. They can't hear my heart. They can't see my face. They cannot hear the inflection in my tone of voice when I'm trying to communicate with them. Um, so in that regard, now I, I, there are things, if there is any chance that something could possibly be misunderstood or um, anything like that at all, I save it for the meetings and we talk about it person to person um, to avoid those manipulating tendencies that we sometimes have as women. Okay. So um I'm I am kind of a note taker like I I'm trying to write down three points here <laughs> to avoid manipulating others. <laughs> and I'm not sure I'm not I got some good stuff written down but I'm not sure where we are so help me out maybe review those three points again Okay um when I am trying to avoid manipulating others be, because sometimes it's hard for me when I really need to maybe call somebody out or or speak something that's truthful. I might go about it in a roundabout way. Um, and I think the best way to do it um, is to be honest. Maybe in conflict, I, I will manipulate a situation so that I won't look like the bad guy. And so in, in that regards, I will not necessarily be as honest as I should have been because I'm, you know, I still want to come out looking good, um, not hurting somebody. Um, so I will tend to manipulate my words. And I don't think that is the right way to go when we're trying to lead a team. I think we always have to go. Honesty is always the best policy um, when we're dealing with women on our team. That will definitely help us from trying to manipulate a situation just to protect us um, from being hurt. Um, as a leader, you know, I just want everybody to like me. Um, right. As a woman, I want people to like me. And so sure. mm, I might not always say everything exactly how I am. And then, um, unfortunately, then I have manipulated the situation. But and it, it's not really the best way to go. Um, does that make sense, Marnie? Does that make it more clear to you? It does, and so that was one of the tips. Then getting in the word was another one, and then yes. I'm not sure was the third one making allowances for others. Making a lo allowances for others, um, I think, is a big one um, personally for me. Um, when you're dealing with women on your team, women, we sometimes there's just there's bound to be conflict with women on your team. Um, you have a bunch of different ideas coming together at once, um, there's the strife sometimes of even wanting to be recognized for your ideas. And um, I, 
I've had to deal with some things in the past on our team where I, I wasn't really sure. Um, I, there was an unsettling when somebody was bringing something to me. And uh, they were adding another woman in on the emails. They were signing it, so-and-so and so-and-so. And And so I had to, like, bring that to their attention. And and you know what? I could have made a big stink about it. I could have really blown. No, it's it's okay. Make allowances for each other's faults. Um, We're not perfect. We're trying to lead. We're trying to do the work that God has put in front of us. Uh, the best we can. So I think that's a big one. It's just to make allowances for each other's faults and, and in tenderheartedness, be able to be honest with each other um, when those faults rear their ugly heads. Right. I think one of the things that I love to do is to just, um, when there is a problem with the team, you know, to just whoever's coming to me, just I would start by saying, okay, but you know, when I hired you or when you came onto the team, we recognized that you wouldn't be perfect, and you already know I'm not perfect, and so, of course, you can't be perfect either. So let's come to this uh, level playing field that none of us are perfect. And this may be, actually be a weakness of hers, and if it is, we're just going to love her and, right. and work through it. Right. And, you know, it, does, it just changes. It changes everything. If we can be honest, and if we can be honest and love covers the multitudes of sins, it really does. So let's move on to the seven tips to help us avoid being manipulated. And maybe for my sake, if you want to just number them as you give them to us. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, number one, I would say is to set clear boundaries. Um, I, I mentioned that even in the, in the prior um, statements there that the boundaries that I've had to set now just for the sake of my team would be to important things I'm not going to send out during emails. I'm going to wait until we're all together so that my team can, again, hear my voice, um, know how much I love them, but that is one boundary that I've clearly set. Like, if it's something important that we need to talk about, it's definitely not going to happen in way of an email. Um, number two uh, I have down is I need to, personally too, I need to respect other people's input. Um, I think if you have, sometimes, you know, we come together and this maybe a particular person always has something to say. Sometimes um, I need to respect that input. Um, or if they constantly feel like they are being pushed aside, um, then I think they try to go a roundabout way, and 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 then they don't feel respected from me, and then they they in return want to manipulate it so that maybe Laura will just hear them one time. Um, I think number three for me would be um, you can't have there. There has to be a clear leader. The Lord put me in that role um, to be the leader of the team. Um, so, and you know, sometimes difficult decisions are made, um, and the leader has to make those decisions. Sometimes, how do you feel about that, Marnie? Absolutely. And I think all of these things, you know, it's kind of interesting uh, right away when you said set clear boundaries. We don't, you know, as a leader, you don't say, here are my boundary lines and don't go past it. It's just not like that. You just live it out. You just have a boundary Mm. and this is the boundary and this is, you know, that you're just not going to send sensitive information and emails, but you don't have to make a big policy about it. And it's the same thing with there needs to be a clear leader. 
um, once there is a clear leader, people don't keep asking, who's the leader? Who's the leader? So you don't have to keep answering mm-hmm. the question. It's just clear that there is a leader, and, you know, if it's you, then that should be clear. Uh, it's, so, it's so beautiful when it is done out of humility and love. The, the, mm. These things don't have to be something that you bash people over the head with. They, they become... Uh, they become the natural flow that people are comfortable living in. And, and that's the beauty of it. That's awesome. Yes, okay, what's number four? Definitely. Okay. Um, I have down here, even having the wisdom and the discernment to recognize it. Um, and, I, I again, it goes back to the word. I, I kind of always am going to go back to that. That could be four and five put together is just um, – when you're in the word and the Lord clearly um, is speaking to you from his word, um, the word tells us, Lord, to pray for wisdom and we will receive it. So just even having the wisdom to recognize it when it comes, when it, when it shows up, it, sometimes it seems like the most unexpected moments um, to recognize it and to not, to not let it go. And, um, if I'm honest, there have been times where I have not, I have recognized it and I've kind of pushed it to the side. So um, recognize it and then deal with it head on right away before it becomes something um, that it shouldn't be. Um, and for me, because, you know, conflict can be so difficult sometimes. Um, I might have had the discernment. I might have been able to recognize it, but then I didn't follow through with my next point and then, you know, address it right away. Um, And that, you know, unfortunately then things can tend to build when we don't take care of something right away. They build on top of it and it grows into something that it needed to not be. Um, Hmm. um, My next one would be is, do I genuinely love, I love the women on my team. I love them. And to avoid being manipulated, I, I think they know how much I love them. And so it's been really exciting and refreshing to see, you know what, Laura loves us. Why would I want to manipulate her? Why would I want to, as other women are, are leading, if there's this, if you're, if your team has this sense of a genuine love that's coming from you, you would think, why would they want to? Um, a genuine love for them and a genuine Christ-likeness, then why would they want to? It almost, it, it all works together. Like, no, I, I would not want to do that mm-hmm. to my leader. Um, and I think that's really, really important. And sometimes um, I think the next one would be, you know, Sometimes you need the discernment to know when somebody's trying to deflect. You know, again, I've had the unfortunate opportunity that I've had to meet with a woman on my team who I felt was manipulating me. And I had to print out the emails. That's why, again, you know, that's it, it was interesting when I came up with these. I, I, I They come from things that I've definitely had to deal with. And I had to print out the email. And I had to just say, okay, we're just going to go point by point here. And, you know, sometimes 
it's uncomfortable for someone to have that be brought to their attention. They, they naturally want to deflect it off of them. Well, you did this, you did this. Um, but to have a discernment to even recognize sometimes it's just too much for someone to reflect on possibly what they're doing. They want to deflect. Um, but I think if we're, if we are women, if we go back to point number one, that we are, we're trying to be like Christ, um, and we're, we're loving them. Um, I think those are just ways to ultimately avoid being manipulated. Hmm. Beautiful. Well, this is Marty. We're visiting today with Laura Stillmans of WomenSpeakers.com. We're going to come back and talk about how to introduce change without alienating your team. Don't go away. Do you ever need a guest speaker? Or maybe you're a speaker who's available to go. Check out WomenSpeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world since 2002. Connecting thousands of planners with over 1,300 speakers. Speakers are available to you from every state, denomination, experience level, and fee range. You simply search when you have time, anytime, day or night, and connect directly with the speakers that interest you. No middlemen, no hidden fees. It's all simple, easy, enjoyable, and online. Check it out today at womenspeakers.com. That's www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marty, and we are visiting with one of our speakers today, Laura Stillmans, and she is uh, talking with us about leading with confidence and some special tips for young leaders. Mm. We're going to go on now, Laura, and talk about how to introduce change without alienating your team. And mm. I tell you what, this is a, it is easy to lose everybody uh, when it you're is. introducing a change, it is. especially if you don't do it, <laughs> do it wisely. So why don't you share... Share some of the um, insights that you've gained about that. Well, um, one of the things that I feel like um, it's taken a long time to do is to build a trust um, with my team, um, for them to trust me, for me to trust them. Um, And so then when I bring those new ideas and sometimes – Especially people that know me know that I can kind of, when I get excited about a new idea, I can just kind of, you know, we get so excited, we're we're off the charts, I'm barely sitting in my seat in the meetings, and, you know, um, and they think sometimes they're looking at me like, we can't do this, Laura, this is is crazy. Um, But they trust me. They trust me that... um, that a lot of times this didn't just come by the seat of my pants. This is something that a new idea that I feel like has been birthed from something that's already working that we're doing with the well at our church. So um, one of the first things is, is I think we've built a good trust there with each other. I think they trust me now um, and I trust them. I trust them when they have to say to me, I don't think that's going to work or when I can get calmed down from an idea and then we start talking it through and maybe all the points aren't all going to line up and it doesn't all flow. I have to trust my team um, that God has given them insights as well in, into how to make things, how to make these new uh, changes work. Um, I can't please everybody. You know, I think that's, 
I'm a people pleaser by nature. Um, I want everybody to be excited. I want everybody to like the idea. Um, and it's having a discernment there of knowing, like, is this, should we go for this? Um, knowing that maybe one person on the team isn't maybe all for it. Or uh, do I do we, do they trust me enough to say, okay, Laura, let's do this, even though we have some hesitations? Because um, it's really not about me, Marnie. It's never gonna. It's not about me. It's the ministry that God has asked us to do, and um, that's one thing I really want my team members to know, and the women of our church that. Anything that I do come up with, it's not about me. It's not about my glory, Um, whether it succeeds or whether it fails. um, It wasn't about me in the first place. It was about pouring into the lives of the women of our church. Um, So that's, you know, for me, I, I think that has worked really well. I don't feel like I've had that where I've really alienated our team because we there's such a good trust there with each other now and a mutual respect that um, and a mutual um, making allowances for Laura summons crazy ideas sometimes that come into play. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, that's good. I always say that women are very much, um, we love to know what to expect and get what we expect. And so Mm -hmm. when working with um, leaders, I always encourage you, if you know, if you've always done it the same way, and maybe this year you're going to do it different. So let's say at retreat, you've always done it this way, but this year you're going to change it up. You're going to move things around a little bit. Don't wait until the women are there to um, express that. Actually let them know Mm -hmm. in advance. Because women... Um, women, we we are very much planners. We've, we're juggling a lot of balls. And when you mm-hmm. mess up one of our balls, you've messed up our whole system. <laughs> and, right. and so if you right. can just give people a little bit of a heads up that we're going to change it, most women can accommodate that pretty well. Um, you know, if yes. you just let them know yes. in advance, it's going to be a little different. Then change is much easier than when you pop it on them. But I have to yes. tell you one time, um, our church board met on a Saturday, and they decided that they should turn the direction of the church and try to have the stage or the platform over on the side instead of up front where it was because acoustically people were having trouble hearing the way it was. And so they just changed everything. On a Saturday morning, they had a board meeting. They changed everything, and people walked into church the next day, and it was facing the other direction. And it was about uh, anarchy. I mean, it was really tough on people. They could not just... Uh, deal with that big of a change. They knew where they sat all the time. They knew where their friends were. They they had their routines in place. And even though mm-hmm. this was a change that would seem to not matter to anyone, um, it really did. And people had feedback like it feels claustrophobic or I feel lost now. Or mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they had big mm-hmm. words to describe this this change. And one of the things that we learn as a leader is that if you can just say next Sunday we're going to be making a change. Well, the next Sunday they come with more of an open mind and they are able to think about it in a different way because actually what happens is when we change things quickly like that on people, they feel manipulated. They feel like their feelings weren't considered and you yeah. know, we don't have to do yeah. that to people. No, we don't. We don't. I you know, I, I tease my husband. I feel like uh, 
he thinks out loud and, you know, change, you know, could be like tomorrow. And I'm like, wait, 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 I haven't had time to, to process all that. Um, so I, you know, same thing with my, with the ladies on our women's ministry team. I, I don't try to, uh, insist that change is going to be at the next month's meeting. Um, we talk about change in, with plenty of time in advance for everybody to, you know, have all their ducks in a row per se. And um, again, that's, you know, I trust them. I trust their input and they trust me as well. So I think that seems to have worked out really well for us. Right. And the reason, you know, for those of you who are saying, well, you can't just always do that. It's true. And that's why you try to do it as much as possible, because you can't always give people that much time for, for a change to take place. Sometimes you do have to just turn on a dime and go the opposite direction for whatever reason. But when you can. And that's part of the hard do, part about being a leader, right, Marnie? It's just having the wisdom say, I have to do this. I have to make this change. Um Right now, today, and whether <laughs> yeah, it's a special right. event, it, that's that's right. the that's why someone is the leader because sometimes you have to make those right. decisions. But I think if the women know that the decision wasn't made in a way that was, you know, it, it, it would had to be made quickly, um, it tends to avoid a lot of conflict. It does, and it's back to your first point, which was that you had a trust relationship with them that you don't always do that. You know, you, you right. only do that when you need to. Otherwise, you take their feelings right. into consideration in every decision. And, you know, that's, that leads us into the next point, which is how to lead while you're submitting to people over you, because every leader answers to somebody. It might be directly to God, <laughs> but usually there's even <laughs> intermary, you know, intermediaries here on earth that every leader has to answer to. And you have to sometimes lead in a direction that maybe, you know, you wouldn't have chosen. That isn't where mm-hmm. you would have gone, but your leadership says this is where you need to go right now in this area. So true. And, you know, there's that balance. I would say especially in this past year uh, or even two years of being in this position um, where the Lord has clearly required me to submit um, to my elders, my pastors. And let's face it, if we're honest, Marnie, sometimes that does not come very easily to us. Um, it does not come easily sometimes, especially when we disagree. And to encourage any woman out there that is possibly considering, you know, taking on this role of leading women's ministries, speaking, whatever it is, you have to be willing to submit. You have to be, that is what God has asked me to do when I took on this role at this particular church. I have elders and pastors. And you know what? The women are watching. They're not watching just if I am, quote, unquote, obeying. They're watching the attitude in which I am submitting. Um that might be um, whether or not they would like me to offer certain Bible study teachers. Um, I tend to be very passionate about some of the Bible study study speakers that are out there, and I love I love them, and I and I don't necessarily want to stop offering them. But if a pastor or an elder says, you know what, Laura, we're going to ask you to maybe step away from this particular teacher and maybe go this direction. Um, that can be a hard thing to do when you're very passionate about a particular teacher. 
Um, and I always come back to, again, Marty, I have to come back to the word of God. Even Jesus had to submit to the will of his father. You know, he left heaven and to submit, to live on this earth. And if I want to be a woman, setting that example for the women that I'm leading, I have to do that with that Christ-like attitude. I um to submit to those that are in authority over me. And I, I feel like my pastors and my elders, I feel like they love me very well. And even though we disagree, and I think you can disagree and still submit. Um, but, you know, know that before you're taking on the role, that there might be times that you're going to disagree. And are you still willing to submit to that, even if there is a disagreement? Um I tell you what, there's something else that I have learned recently as well, and that would be people above me for a reason. And uh, I was recently reading um, Nancy Lee DeMoss's book, Unadorned, and she's talking about being a Titus II woman, and there's a chapter in there on slander and how our words, if we're talking poorly of anyone, uh, our, our leaders, those above us, how um, actually demonic that is to slander someone. And so I've really been convicted. I really take that to heart that in my submission, I am not going to talk poorly of my leaders. Um, I, I accept, I humbly accept that they are above me. And if they ask me to go a certain path, then that's the path I'm going to take. Hmm, beautiful. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg. We're visiting today with Laura Somans of WomenSpeakers.com. We're going to come back and talk about the secret to communicating with any woman, five strategies for communicating with large groups, and also some tools for your success. We'll be right back. There is a huge difference between working for God and allowing God to work through us. My latest book, Flow Through Vessel, explains how to master the habit of letting God flow through our lives. When we try to do everything good for God, we quickly fail. But when we learn how to allow God to flow His life and love through us, we find strength for the day. Check out this new Bible study resource at www.marnie.com. That's www.marnie.com. Welcome back. We're nearing the end of the hour, and we've got a lot of ground to cover here. So, Laura, let's go straight into the secret <laughs> of communicating so fun, with Marnie. any woman. <laughs> good. Good, good. What is the secret to communicating with any woman? Well, I um, I came across this phrase. I don't even know where it was from, but it's been so pertinent to me, and that is to be present in their presence. Um we as women, we are busy. Um, we're involved in a lot of things. I think of my own life, you know, wife, mother, um, women's ministry leader, speaker, what have you. Um, sometimes when I'm trying to communicate with a woman, um, I might not be present in their presence. I'm already thinking about to Sally across the room when I'm done with talking to you. Um, uh, or I have to do this, I have to do that. My husband will come home from work. He might be sharing with me uh, about his day, and he can look at me instantly and say, you're not, you're not present, Laura. 
And I think that's just really important when we're communicating with the women that God has placed in our path is to right off the bat, just be present in their presence Um, and make them feel like they are the only person that you are thinking about at that present moment. I think that is really, really key um, for them. And I think I think the the main way to do that is to have it be true. <laughs> that, that is what you're thinking about. You know, but I mean, it's true. You know, women are built different than men. Men can compartmentalize a lot easier than we can. Um, we tend to be all intertwined, and our minds are just going a million miles a second. And so it is hard. But I, you know, I have a motto: mm-hmm. there's time to do everything God wants me to do, and there's time to be present for this woman to the degree that He wants me to. And that doesn't mean that I have to stay right. present with her. Endlessly, but but yes, exactly. That's a great point. That's a great point. And you yes. have five strategies for communicating with a large group as well. Why don't you take us mm. through those real quickly? Okay, number one, um, uh, when I think about events, that's where I, this is coming from. Um, when I think about events that we're leading and we're all together, um, for myself, number one is I try to be myself. I don't try to be someone that I'm not. I don't try to be the ministry leader that's maybe at this other church or my good friend who's an awesome speaker and author. I just try to be Laura. And I think people appreciate the fact that there's nothing being put out there that is not true, that this is Laura. Um, What you see in front of you today is the same woman that is at my house with my kids. Um, I think that's really important. Um, Number two is I, I tend to be open um, and vulnerable um, when I'm leading in a large group. Um, I don't try to, I don't present myself as a woman who has it all together because I clearly don't, Arnie. (laughs) Um, And I have seen the benefits of opening up the large groups of, of of the struggle the struggle, whatever it is that I'm having um, or, or I've had in the past when I'm, when I've allowed myself to be vulnerable and open up, it puts everybody at ease. It says, it's okay. We're not a room full of perfect women here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think that has worked out very well. Um, uh, not only for myself, but uh, for our entire team, we make every effort to personally greet every woman that comes through the doors for an event. Um, we want them to feel welcomed. I am a hugger by nature. Um, <laughs> so if they have come through the doors of an event for um, our church and communicate, I hug them. I, that also seems to put them at ease. Uh, they're they're ready to listen. They know that Laura, you know, at least Laura Summons has made that effort. And um, their ears are opened. They feel at ease right off the bat. Um, throughout an evening, I will continue to follow up um, with those women that I have greeted um, and, and just make them feel like um, they are so welcomed, that we're so glad that they are there. Um, and um, just I just don't want them to feel like they're just another number that's filling the seat. So I try and the team tries to go throughout the evening um, personally speaking to each each person that comes and letting letting them know that they are they are so glad to hear. And I feel like then the walls kind of come down and the ears are opened up and um, they're ready to listen and to receive what we're ready to pour out on them. And then the fifth thing, again, Marnie, I think humility is 
um, such a strong influencer in women. I I tend to not respond well to people that have an air to them. And I would never want any woman that comes through the door of our church um, to any women's ministry event that felt like, I think that would be one of the worst things I could ever hear is, Laura, you were so arrogant. Um, I would be crushed by that. There, I, humility is key in ministering to other women. Um, you will put them at ease and, um, again, their ears will be open, their hearts will be open to receive what you want to pour into them. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love the Elizabeth Elliot uh, definition of humility where she she just defines it simply as flexibility, where you're just willing to be to the people you are with, who Jesus needs you to be to them, with them right now, mm-hmm. and you don't have mm-hmm. to be anything more or less than that, just what what is needed in the moment. Love that. Love that you also have some tools that you wanted to share with us today. So let's go ahead and dive into those now. Okay. Um, well, what we, we use social media uh, a lot for women's ministry here at our church. Um, we, everything that is published that is for women's ministry is the well. So for us, that tool has been key. So there's never a mistake of what a women's event is. It's always called the well. Um, we've made sure everybody knows that. We use the same graphic um, for every event um, I have such a great uh, office person here at our church. She's so talented with the com- computer. And when we first originally decided to make it be called The Well, I found this graphic of a woman from Bible times, you know, with one of those big, beautiful, old clay pot pictures. And the picture shows her pouring out the water. And so that is on everything that we do. That is our Facebook page background, that picture. Um, Everything that we advertise um, for any event that has to do with the well is that graphic. And that seems to have just really, like there's um, there's no confusion. If they see the well, they know that that's a women's ministry event. So that is a tool that I think has really worked well for us. Um, it, it never changes. It's always that every postcard in the Welcome Center, everything is the well with that picture on it, that graphic that has been used so well, um, with no pun intended. <laughs> um, Facebook, we post a lot. Everybody seems to be on Facebook. For the most part, a lot of most of our women are on Facebook, so we can not only advertise our events there, we share uh, prayer requests on that. Uh, we can welcome new women that come into our church from that. Um, our we have handmade cards that are the well with the same graphic on, so we send no cards. Everything is done with the same graphic, and that has really been beneficial to our ministry. Um, so there's never any confusion of where it came from. It's women's ministry, the well at our church. Um, we have um, an e- we have an email system in our church that seems to really work um, very efficiently. Uh, they developed this with every woman, 18 and older, is on the massive email list. 
So, and that, that gets updated weekly. Um, where so there's no reason why anybody would be missed. Um, so we love that. That has worked out extraordinarily well. I have a first-time visitor report that comes into me. So we get, uh, we send out a note card um, to every woman that comes through the doors of our church. The very after the very first visit, making them feel welcomed. I put a little uh, business card in there that lets them know who I am, how they can get a hold of me if they have any questions. Um, I have we have a great team of women that are just on call all the time, which um, for any kind of emergency, we have that seems to have worked really well in our ministry. Um, you know, sometimes these things come up, there's tragedies, there's a death in the family. I have a team of women that's on call all the time. So I can say to them, okay, so-and-so needs this, and they just take it and go. And uh, they'll have meals provided. They'll have transportation to doctor visits. Um, so we have some really good teams set up um, for those kind of different ministry aspects that seem to be really working well in our church. Um, I think another really good thing to do is to, to partner in ministry with other churches. I've been blessed that I have a ministry partner at a church very close by that we're planning on doing an event together in the winter, a Christmas concert, to be open to move outside the doors of your own church and do ministry with other churches and other women's ministry leaders. Um, and I think one of the last things I want to share is to not be afraid to reach out to other ministry leaders for support, for encouragement, um, and to be poured into as well um, in my own life. And I'm very thankful that I have those people in place. Oh, yeah, that's critically important for a leader to have people that you can that you can share with. Uh, you're just pouring out a lot. Like you say, it's important to have people who are pouring into your life and available to you as well. Laura, this hour has flown by. Thank you it so has. much for being here today. <laughs> Thank you, Marnie. This has been awesome. I appreciate it so much. Well, and thank you, and thank you for being one of our speakers over at womenspeakers.com. You guys want to go check her out. Laura's name is spelled Laura, L-A-U-R-A, and then Solmons is S-O-M-M-O-N-S, Laura Solmons. And you can find her over at Women's, many other speakers over there. Thank you so much for being here today. It's been great to have you guys with us, and uh, look forward to visiting with you again next Wednesday with our live guest, always Wednesday afternoons. And then it goes from here to the archives. If you are listening at iTunes, Stitcher, one of the other um, uh, stations out there, thank you for that. And for those of you who host us on your uh, on your web pages and on your websites, so grateful to you. Also want to just remind you that over at Marnie.com, there are some more resources for you as women's ministry leaders. If you go to the section Coaching and More, you'll find the resources there, and you will find a bunch of templates that you can use to help streamline your event and women's ministry leadership planning. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time at Marnie's Friends. Have a great day. Bye-bye.